Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John McClain joins us. He is, of course, brought to you by HornSolutions.net. He is our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, and he is also GallerySports.com. John, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. So, John, um, I know I just said Andrew Brandt, former agent and former front office executive for the Packers, says, no way that game gets made up, Bengals and Bills. It's just going to be viewed as a no contest by the league. What are your thoughts on that? And that could be, and that would work to the Bills' advantage because Kansas City beats the uh, Raiders, then they would end up uh, with a home field advantage as it is now. The Bills would have a chance, and you know, ordinarily, you do anything to get home field advantage. I think one of the things Roger Goodell will do before making decision, he'll talk to the Bagulas, the owners of the Bills. They'll talk to uh, McDermott, Bean, the coach and GM, to see what they think about it. Do they want to play that extra game? I think the Bengals would kind of be along for the ride. And uh, it just depends. Do you want to have the same number of games for everybody and make it fair as possible? But uh, I think that uh, you guys are right. That was a big game Monday night. It was the biggest game of the year, the best one on Monday night football. And you knew the audience was going to be humongous. And, you know, they they'll of course they won't say that has anything to do with the decision. But you guys just covered everything about how highly rated it would be, and no offense to Cincinnati, everybody'd be pulling for Buffalo. You know, as it is right now, I think there's going to be a lot of Bills fans when you, when your team is eliminated from the playoffs, your fans automatically pull for the Bills because of what's happened, and not to mention the fact they lost those four, four in a row in the early nineties. As someone who's been to Buffalo a long time, and Seth, you know what this is all about. Fans are great. You know, who doesn't like Buffalo, uh, the team, except the teams in the AFC East? It wouldn't bother me at all to see them get on field advantage or go through the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. I think that'd be very fitting. Yeah, I guess um, 
there's not there's not really much precedent in the modern NFL for how to deal with a situation quite like this, is there? I don't think so. I'd have to go back. I, uh, they made some moves after 9-11, and, um, and they, I know they had to take out the bye week. There was other times they eliminated the bye week, and a lot of coaches and players liked it because they want to keep playing. And originally they had that bye week to hype the Super Bowl. Now, of course, they don't need to hype the Super Bowl, but it's definitely an unprecedented situation where you have a player in this situation that captivated the country the way he has. And um, I'll guarantee you, Goodell's talking to some of his confidants among the owners like Robert Kraft to see what they think, talk to the owners of the teams, the family. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'm with you guys. They don't do I, – I can't imagine – they can announce we play the game and move – the playoffs back if the game means something because that's what the Bills want to do. But if the game means nothing, then it just won't be played. But I don't, there's no reason by, say, Friday they can't have a plan and make it public. John McClain joining us for his weekly visit. John, what did you, just, what did you think of just the overall handling of the entire Hamlin situation on – on uh, Monday, look from the from the time he from the time he collapsed to the time the league was announcing an hour plus later that the game was going to be suspended. I thought ESPN did a tremendous job. You had reporters thrust into that situation. Um, Richard Dodge, the Athletic, interviewed uh, Booger McFarland after he got back home to Tampa, and he said that he was in the green room reading, and they said, "Get back to the set." immediately to he and Susie Colbert and Adam Schefter. And as they were going, they told him what happened. And he's thinking, what am I going to say? And I thought he did a good job. You know, they've not been prepared for that situation. They're reporters. And I thought they did a wonderful job. I thought they did a a good job by not showing what was happening on the field. He was was getting CPR and and his heart shocked back into rhythm. And, and then when they went to Scott Van Pelt, you know, he's as good as he gets in a studio show and bringing on Ryan Clark. I, I just thought overall, under the circumstances, nobody could have done better. John, the closest situation I ever had to something similar to this that I can recall was in the Hall of Fame game in 2002 when Lamont Evans, the safety for the Texans, um, collided with a player and went, limp on the field and motionless and he ended up having a spinal injury and it was uh it was just a very very scary intense moment but I was on the sideline um which is a whole different experience what was it what was it like for you guys in the press box during all of that and then the the fallout from it is like how do you you cover the game after it resumes and and afterwards well I've forgotten all about that Seth and and you're right and when you're when you are in the media you want to get as much information as you can to get the information out because your listeners and your readers and your viewers are captivated. They want to know as much as they can. And, of course, the information is usually trickles out. It doesn't pour out because they have to do, to have some decisive uh, quotes before they're going to give them. You know, people are trying to get every morsel 
I've seen so many things on social media where reporters say, well, this person said this. And I'm going to say, yeah, they said that yesterday because, you know, they're desperate for information. You know, the first thing you want to know is what happened to him. Is he okay? You know, will he be able to play again? I've seen two players that, that got hit and had spinal injuries and had to retire. You know, the worst thing I've seen was Gary Kubiak, you know, Dr. James Muntz and others saved his life on the sideline. And and you you don't know what's happened. You see somebody go down, and you still got to cover the game and do your job, but you also have to try to stay on top of it. And uh, I think the media has done a tremendous job since because they wanted information as well. They're waiting for press box announcements from the league or to see what Joe Buck or Troy Aikman say on TV. And I thought it was very interesting when Joe Buck said the league says they got five minutes to warm up and they're going to play and the NFL got killed. And afterward in the news conference with uh, Troy Vincent, Don Aponte and Jeff Miller from the NFL and Troy Vincent, who was the point man with Goodell said, no, that was never an issue. Don't know where it came from. Well, Joe Buck told uh, Andrew Marsan, best TV radio reporter in the country for the New York Post that their officials expert, John Perry, had gotten that from somebody at the league office. And I don't know if I would have relayed something like that without getting it, you know, knowing it came straight from Goodell and the league. But uh, the league sure got hammered on that. And the league said that was not the case. But at least Buck said where it came from. That makes sense. Okay, that's the first I've heard of that, John. That makes sense because uh, Seth and I were very careful to say it was Joe Buck relaying that. It wasn't like they went down to some league official who said that. That makes perfect sense that it would be John Perry. This is where it turns into a game of telephone. You probably had some suit in New York reading the rule book for stoppages, and the rule book says you have five minutes to get ready. He tells John Perry. John Perry tells Joe Buck, and Joe Buck says it, and it's, it's chapter and verse gospel all of a sudden. Absolutely, and the NFL got hammered on it for a couple of days, even though Troy Vincent explained the entire procedure and how it went down and said, I don't know where that came from. Well, now they do, and uh, but you hope this never happens again. Well, the winner, if it happens, yeah, it, if it happens again. Everybody will have a better idea about how to handle the situation. The winner and all that were the two head coaches because the way it looked on TV was. Joe Buck says that they have five minutes to get ready for a game. Zach Taylor walks over to Sean McDermott and the two head coaches huddle and remove their teams from the field. And the way it looked, because we all thought that the teams had been told they have five minutes to get ready, the way it looked was like Zach Taylor stepped in and said, not on my watch. We're getting these guys off of the, you know, it made it look like Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott stepped in and defied the league on this whole thing, which it turns out is not the case. It's not the case, yeah. They're not going to do something like that based on something that's said on TV. You know, they're, they want their own. Uh, Katie Blackburn from the Bengals, whose dad is Mike Brown, she runs the team. She was seen outside the locker room on the phone constantly next to McDermott and Taylor. And then I'm not sure who was there with the Bills, but they were in constant communication with the league office about what to do. So, I, you know, I, and it's so funny, you know, sometimes when things are out there, everybody takes it as gospel, but then it got out. They did do that. The coaches took them off the field and defied the NFL 
good for the coaches and turned out it wasn't true. Yeah. Um, John McClain joining us for his weekly visit brought to you by hornsolutions.net. Uh, John, I have to imagine that that the Texans pretty much have their mind made up as to what they're going to do after the season is over with the coaching staff because I can't imagine that a Week 18 game against one of the other really bad teams in football should sway them one way or the other. No, I think Nick Casario knows what he's going to do, and I think he's going to make a change, and I think he's got a list. You know, he interviewed coaches last year, uh, several like Jonathan Gannon of Philadelphia, Joe Lombardi of the Chargers. You know, he's not going to hire Heinz Ward. He's not going to hire Brian Flores. And then I'm sure he'll add other coaches in there. Usually when you go from a defensive coordinator, you hire an offensive coordinator. So I have no idea what they'll do when it comes to hiring the next coach. And if they don't, if they say we're sticking with Lovey, but we're going to make major changes on the coaching staff, uh, that could be. But I think we've talked about this before. If you say you're, you fire Pep Hamilton, who's done a terrible job. Now, I will say this. They and Seth, you said this great. Yes, they they have inadequate personnel, but they've been they have better personnel than it showed. They trail the Colts in every single major statistic as bad as the Colts are, and um, and so I think it's going to be real hard to me to get an offensive coordinator to come in here to call the plays and a quarterback coach to coach a player taken at the top of the draft, whether it's first or second, knowing that Lovey could be fired next year. You know, you you want to come in with a coach on a long-term contract. Now, maybe they'll say, you know what, we'll extend Lovey to show our confidence in him, and that would maybe help in bringing in coordinators from outside the organization. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's, um, I, I didn't have, and I'm thinking about the teams that – made improbable turnarounds this year because I, I think sometimes whenever I see people write about it, they talk about 2024 is the, the first time you could conceivably make a turnaround. And I've just seen too many times where teams like, well, I mean, the Lions and the Jaguars who are, you know, still in the hunt, Jacksonville very much so for the playoffs this year. Which, which of those, like, what, what about Jacksonville other than Trevor Lawrence is there – that perhaps the Texans could or could not emulate and, and make that kind of turnaround. Well, you, and you didn't mention the Giants. The Giants have a new coach and a new GM, and they turned around the organization. And I think this is interesting, and I have no idea why. Brian Dayball, Brian Dayball worked with Nick Casario two different times for years with New England, and uh, they had the same agent, Bob Lamont, and Casario never interviewed him. Don't know why. Maybe he wanted to, and Dable said, no, I don't want to go there. I'm coming. We're a package deal, which very well could have been the case with Joe Schoen, his uh, GM, who both left Buffalo. So with the Jaguars, of course, they picked number one two years in a row. I hate to think the Texans are going to be picking number one again next year, but it all started with Trevor Lawrence. And then this year, with Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, Trent Baalke as their GM got a lot of criticism. Everybody said he had to go, but some of the moves they've made, like getting two free agent receivers and a tight end, has worked out great for Trevor Lawrence. So they've made a lot of good moves with a new head coach and Doug Peterson. John, what did you see out of the two quarterbacks that are going to be 
probably in the the apple of the eye of Texan fans at least. Um, was there any, Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy last year, and I feel like we've probably seen more Bryce Young. But what did specifically Young and C.J. Stroud? What are you seeing out of the two of them as we head into this three month evaluation phase? I watched watched every game that they played that was on TV, and most of them were. And Bryce Young's performance against Kansas State was the way he's been playing for two years. C.J. Stroud was fantastic against the best team in the country, and he's been blessed with great receivers. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr., next year is going to be the best player in the country. He got hurt, and Stroud continued to excel. And I think what happened watching – the Georgia Ohio State game, a lot of Texans fans who watched it may have gone, Well, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit on Bryce Young. Maybe we need to wait and see how this scouting process all plays out. And I can't wait to be at the combine when Bryce Young is measured mm. for the first time. Weight's not as important. You know, they list him at six foot and one ninety five and they say he's closer to five ten. But if it's amazing the way this, but at the combine, it's all about size and arm strength. And then when you succeed, it's about decisions and a lot of accuracy and all that. He's got, he's got as good as anybody. And if he steps up there and he's 5'11 and he's eating like crazy and close to 200, people are going to go, Phew, even though that seems like a, such a small thing. And I'll say this they just better have a coach who has proven he can coach a guy who's smaller, who'll slide to the right and left a lot. He'll watch that tape and see what he did best. And he play, he throws from the pocket quite a bit. And he's got huge offensive linemen. I saw somebody listed their size on social media, and he th- was able to throw over and between them. And they're just as big as an NFL offensive line. Plus, he's done it against the best competition in the NFL, the biggest stadiums. I'm I'm hoping for Bryce Young. Uh, you know, I think and I think we are too. Do you think David Mulligetta being C.J. Stroud's agent factors into the evaluation at all for the Texans? You wouldn't th- think it would because see, Mulligetta is going to want to get his player the best possible deal. Every agent wants his player to be first overall. That agent's going to get a lot of attention and a lot will be written if they do take Stroud about Mulligetta getting that no trade clause. Pretty sure he won't get a no trade clause. And uh, I, I can't say that it would for Casario. And I don't see the McNair family, since they don't make them do stuff, saying don't take him because Mulligetta is his agent. John McClain joins us for his weekly visit. Uh, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I uh, just sent in some Texas observations about the game and the first pick and how the Colts have, have the only stat in which the Colts are way behind the Texans' turnover differential. Their league worst, minus 13. Texans are only minus one, which is amazing for a team that has <laughs> wow. the worst record in the league. And so uh, Texans could win this game. They don't have to play Jonathan Taylor. And then I'm putting my uh, postseason awards on my column on Gallery Sports. All right, good Guys, deal. thank you very much. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year to you, John. I'll talk to you in about four hours when we record Utopia. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. <laughs> I think he knows. Uh, by the way, we He's got a gone. couple text messages. Yeah, John, John misspoke on the, the standings right now, and I don't want to get too far down the weeds, but if the Chiefs win and they don't play this game, uh, the Bills-Bengals game, the Chiefs are going to get the one seed. So the, 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 that, that's, that's how that's going to go. But uh, we'll wait and see. Let's let Week 18 play out. Then we can fiddle around with all the scenarios. 
Uh, all right, um, 713-572-4610. That's the trailer wheel and frame text page. Up next, um, a team makes an announcement on who they're going to start at quarterback for Week 18. And between that and the postgame presser for this coach last week, has this coach all of a sudden put himself on the hot seat? We will tell you who it is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you, Sports Radio 610. Um, This tweet just came in from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com. And he says the commanders, the Washington commanders, or the football commandos as we like to call them, they're expected to turn back to Taylor Heineke as the starter for Saturday's season finale against the Cowboys. But rookie QB Sam Howell is also slated to play, marking the NFL debut for the fifth-round pick per a source. Barring change of plans, this will be the setup. Ron Rivera to, I think, some criticism or at least eye rolling in Washington for some reason went back to Carson Wentz for the game the must-have game against the Cleveland Browns this past week yeah and Wentz was not good they lost that game and then afterwards um and it doesn't appear like he was joking yeah afterwards well this is this is how it went yeah to clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then you guys are eliminated. <laughs> okay, and it's Rivera just staring at the... <laughs> 
<laughs> just staring yeah, off yeah, into like, huh, yeah. like uh, being known. Now, uh, Ian Rappaport, noted water carrier, uh, he had said afterwards, I don't understand why this is a big deal. Because people are making a big deal out of Ron Rivera not knowing that they could be eliminated. And um, I do, I get the sentiment of, okay, yeah, the coach is focused on winning and that's all he should know or care about. It feels like the height of football guy, like, I don't even know what day of the week it is. Oh, was it New Year's? I didn't even realize because I'm all about ball. It, that kind of mentality feels usually, like, contrived. And in this situation, because, like, there's some things you just got to be aware of, and it's simple enough to know that you could either you could be eliminated this week from the playoffs. I, have, I feel like if you're a Washington fan, you should be uh, – this should, you should add this little list of ways that you've been insulted by your football team yes. uh, this year. They, like, Ron Rivera, it's not acceptable that Ron Rivera doesn't know that they could be eliminated that weekend. They get fed so much information. You know what I mean? Like, they've got a whole staff that's feeding them stats and feeding them analytics and feeding them playoff scenarios. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's and this, that's a pretty basic one. Like, of all the things you need to know, okay, what could end our season? I would want to know if I were a head coach. I'd want to know, okay, what is it What is it that I need to watch when we're on the plane ride home? Well, it was a home game, but you know what I mean. Like, okay, which games am I now watching to make sure now, we're still now, alive? The, where I do think that it's a little bit overblown. Like, I honestly, I also, though, think that it might not have affected his decision at quarterback regardless of whether he knew or not that they could be eliminated. I don't think they're in a position where – Taylor Heineke was obviously the better choice over Carson Wentz. Or like Taylor Heineke was a nice story whose team was, uh, you know, playing above and beyond his talent and skill level, and he happened to be the guy there winning. But like we we talked about it when te- the Texans played Washington. If you look at the two quarterbacks, the performances were almost identical at that point. Yeah, it's just that Taylor Heineke happened to be the you know. The more well-liked guy, basically, well, that's what and the want, underdog story. That's what I want to ask you as the former player, because it, the, just me as an observer, I go, well, that team played with a different energy when Taylor Heineke was the quarterback. Forget about the statistically what the two looked like compared to each other. Yeah, they definitely liked Taylor Heineke better, and, and Carson Wentz now has a body of work over the last few years that, I don't know, he tends to drag a team down more than raise a team up as a quarterback. Yeah. Am I? Am I just... Am I narrative chasing here, Seth? Am I just using? Am I? Am I just kind of? Am I doing the it factor thing? Am I? Am I citing Taylor Heineke having some modified factor version of an Taylor. it factor? That's what I'm yeah, saying. You're doing the it factor for Taylor freaking Heineke, right? Like right. it's just like how many times do we have to do this with various substandard quarterbacks where you're like, wow, boy, the team really sure seems to respond to him, and then two games later, you're like, oh, I guess. The, I guess it actually wasn't all that. At least once in this segment. That's how many times. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like, and and the other thing too that happens is I just, as far as the team responding to him or not, like so many times in various games that comes down to, oh, and by the way, they, you know, they forced a few turnovers and the turnover ratio is just different in in these games or that game. Like Taylor Heineke in the games where, they were performing well and they were winning. He wasn't turning the ball over. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the Texans game, he threw two interceptions. Um, you know, and it's it just the 
the the performance ebbs and flows with with a quarterback like Taylor Heineke the same way it does with Carson Wentz. I don't think that Ron Rivera is going to get fired, um, but he hasn't done himself any favors in the last week. The quarterback switch didn't work. He's switching back to Taylor Heineke to close out the season, which I would guess might indicate what is going to happen with Carson Wentz this offseason, that they're just not closing out the season with him. They're going to let Sam Howell play some snaps. Um, I think Ron Rivera is in a way kind of saved by the dysfunction of the Washington organization. Like he's been one of the, I mean, they've almost made him the most front facing guy in the entire franchise since he got there because there's nobody else that you want to throw out there as the most front facing guy, you know, for whatever you think of Rivera as a coach, he's a decent enough coach, um, got to a super bowl in Carolina. You see, he's a decent coach. Um, but he's a very well-liked guy. Like He's a very dignified guy, and, and I think the dysfunction actually plays into his favor in terms of him keeping his job. Well, they're also probably going to sell the team. So that, that comes down to, okay, do you want to have – do you want to conduct the coaching search and hire a new coach with a big contract before somebody's buying the team? I would imagine that Rivera's going to get at least the one-year grace period – to this team that Sean, let me find this. Let's see, uh, Washington. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't know if you guys missed the headlines with all of this over the last couple of days. They unveiled a new mascot mm-hmm. <laughs> for God knows what reason. What's wrong with it? Like this last week, I had it. Uh, it's Major Tutty, mm-hmm. which is Major uh, Tutty. I guess it's Tutty. Tutty. T u d d y. Okay. Um. And I guess it's an homage to the old, you know, the hogs, oh, yeah. uh, the old Washington Redskin hogs. It's a big old pig, yes, and wearing a wearing a I think like a red like World War One helmet, but it's red, right? Like a doughboy helmet. Yep. And because he's a commander, you right. see, or he's in the he's in the military. This pig is. It, he's uh, he's six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. A military loving hog named Major Tutty. Mm. So that's their new mascot. They you, unveiled him at the end. of the You season. don't like that mascot? I, I like it. It's just I don't. It's a jolly I, pig. Somebody or a hog. Who was it? Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network said he said something like this. Like they're unveiling it now. It feels like like the paper that you turned in. Because you realize, like you you you're gonna fail this class if you don't graduate. So at the very end of the year, like you turn the paper in late and and hope that you get credit for it. It is it yeah. is a weird time to unveil it. <laughs> Week seventeen. <laughs> Major Tutty ushers in the new new Carson Wentz era of Washington Commanders oh football. Oh my god! All right, so Major Tutty, what's the other one that got unveiled this year? Or not unveiled, but like re. Repurposed uh, Brownie the Elf oh, for the by Browns. The way, it's major. It's major to D. It's pronounced to D. It is okay. That's yeah. that's dumb. Which, it looks like comes, Tutty. Okay, so supposedly this comes from a slang term for touchdown or TD. Yeah, they t- yeah <laughs> Tutty. It's not okay. To D. To D. No, I've heard touchdowns called Tutties before. I've never heard them. Call, I've never heard them called. Tuddies. Oh, all right. No, I'm reading it wrong. You've heard them called tutties. I've never heard I it have. called a tutty I, dude, in my listen, life. If you You're listen, lying. if you listen to the Jim Rome show long enough, you hear oh, every form of slang that people oh. in our age bracket think are cool. You know, he didn't. Oh, oh tutty. I, is that what Jim Rome used to call touchdowns? He a has tutty? at some point. I guarantee you. He oh, co- this whole. You know, when I stopped listening to Jim Rome, yeah. 
It was like after a week or so when I realized that he called hair lettuce. Lettuce, and yeah. I was like, what the hell lettuce. is this guy? Yeah. No, thank you. And yeah. I turned him off. Um, okay. it was, uh, it was- <laughs> Let's power rank the silly the silly nouns that uh, that Seth hates. Tutties, lettuce for hair. How about this one that Jim Rome used? Steaks for RBIs. Ribeyes? Why is it why ribeye? is it a steak? Ribby, ribeye. RBI, ribeye, steak. Oh, oh you Don't and your die, annoying everybody. little Jim Rome inside jokes. Oh, my God. Steak. A steak. Steak, yeah. Because it's a ribeye. Hit three dingers, oh. seven steaks. <laughs> I knew you'd hate that but one. That's what made you feel like you're a part of the club. Absolutely. Huh? Secret handshake, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. It's good. No, I don't. I don't mean to. It's he was a pioneer. There's a lot of stuff that Rome does now that people people think it's annoying and cliche, but it's because he, nobody did it before he did. And then right. everybody copied him. Right. And you get to that point where because everybody copies him, it feels like he's doing some shtick. Yeah. When in reality, everybody else is doing a Rome shtick. I can't wait for baseball season. But I cannot season. abide by tutty or, or, or steaks. I, can't, no. I cannot wait for baseball season to get here so that I can call RBI steaks. On this show. <laughs> <laughs> and watch Seth's head explode. <laughs> I like this major tutty. I do too. He's just a silly, playful character crafted with kids in mind. It's a mascot. Like, what are we doing? Like, people are angry about... Uh, no, the headline you showed me in this article about major tutty. The headline... Yeah. Here, show, show me the headline again. The, the, the headline at the very top of this article calls him controversial. Why is he controversial? Making, Making sense, sense of, of the... the commanders. Controversial new mascot, Major Tutty. What's controversial about him? He's a pig or a hog in a Redskins, I'm sorry, a commander's uniform wearing yeah. a World War II battle helmet. Okay, he's um, in a dramatic video posted to Twitter in which he dabs and rubs his belly a lot. I, I suppose the dabbing is a little bit... I mean, there's a... He's dabbing in the video? Did they see I'm telling you, I feel like this thing has been in the works for like three years. And like they're using the script from five years ago when dabbing was big. Right. Um Okay. According to Tuddy's bio, yeah. he's a male hog yep. with exaggerated features that are anatomically similar to the animal. I don't know, does the hog have a big hog that's anatomical? <laughs> like what are they why are they talking about anatomical correctness? Um Including a large belly, snout, and clo- cloven hooves. You don't often hear about the cloven hooves you unless don't. you're talking about very, the devil. Very underrated but, feature, yes. Uh, this silly, playful character was crafted with kids in mind okay. for the franchise, but it looks like there was a breakdown in execution mm. given that he's now at least one adult's sleep paralysis demon. Gritty, he's, I don't know what these inside jokes are. Did Jim Rome write this? I don't know what the controversial <laughs> thing is. The The... Military brand is uh, it's supposed to double down on the military brand. Another point of consternation for some critics, seeing as the team's name change was meant to distance the franchise from its previous racist moniker. I don't, I still don't. I guess if you're saying that if you're associated with the military, that I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where. The, Sean, I can't. I think sometimes they just put stuff in the headlines these days. Uh, like as a like, there's got to be something controversial in here somewhere. Well, they, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe some of the fans don't like it, or they think it's dumb, and thus it's controversial. All of a sudden, I, I have no yeah, idea. I guess so there's nothing. I, I look at this mascot, and I, I look at this, and I go, I don't think, I don't think there's anything offensive about it. I don't know. They're trying to. Okay, so this is what somebody's upset apparently because Dan Snyder and the Commanders are trying to profit off the original Hogs legacy 
by taking the trademark and associated goodwill and brand equity of the original Hogs. Yeah. So the Hogs were... I, I don't know, okay. man. Who played the, the the Hogs? A group, a position group that played for that franchise. Like what? Yeah, are, but I guess like, but the Hogs are trademarked or something. Okay, all right. Well, somebody so it's get, controversial. Somebody get Mark May and J- Joe Jacoby on the phone and let's see if they're angry about this. My if you're going to tell me that Tutty is Major Tutty is offensive somehow, then at least get Peta involved. Or yeah, something. exactly. Are they going to chop him up and serve his his steaks? Not the RBIs kinds, Sean, <laughs> but. Uh, the, Serve steaks at, at – I don't know. I don't know. I can't wait I think to, he's adorable. I can't wait until the Astros rename Orbit Major Steak. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast. He's a big fan of steaks. Who? Jeff Bagwell. He, <laughs> yes, he is. Lance Berkman. Mm-hmm. Any of those guys, when they bring him on, like, I don't know. Yeah, sure, these guys are the best offense in baseball, but where are all the RBIs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Basic stats. All right. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Wednesday. Um, the the Bears Vikings game is just as important to the Texans as their game against the Colts this weekend. Matt Eberflus was hit with a barrage of questions about his starting quarterback. Today is a big day for injury reports for the Texans draft capital. We will tell you why next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Wednesday. Um, text message to the uh, Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Trailer Wheel and Frame. 8508. Question, if we win this week, could we lose the first pick? The answer to that is yes. If the Texans beat the Colts this week, they can lose the first pick. If the Bears lose to the Minnesota Vikings. I got to check and see what the number is on that game. It's going to vary widely based on whether or not Justin Fields plays. Now, after Justin Fields, quarterback for the Bears, who's been pretty solid the second half of the season, very different quarterback than the one the Texans saw in their loss to the Bears in week three this year. They've really kind of channeled his game to be more of a running game, and he's rushed for over a thousand yards. In fact, he's only a few yards away from the rushing record for a season for a quarterback. Um, this weekend, if he plays. Now, he's been banged up a little bit. He played against the Lions, but they got blown out in Week 17. After the game, Matt Eberflus said, if Justin Fields is healthy, he is going to play in Week 18. Now, the Texans win again, and the Bears lose. The Bears would have the number one overall pick in the draft. Here's Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Chicago Bears, being peppered with questions about the availability this weekend. This is from Monday, so today will be a big day in Chicago 
Wednesday. This is from Monday. Matt Eberflus on Justin Fields' availability this weekend. Clarify what you were just saying. Are you saying that there are ongoing conversations about whether to sit Justin this coming week for Week 18? Well, I would just say that ongoing conversations about everybody, about everybody, what we need to do, uh, what's best interest for our football team you know, going forward. And that, that conversation, we're going to have that all the way through Wednesday, all the way through Friday, and uh, we'll, we'll decide as we go. Will you know on Wednesday who your starting quarterback is? Um, potentially, yeah, potentially, yeah. But, he's, but you said yesterday if he's healthy, he will play. Is that still the case? Yes, all right, so, and if I could if I could describe the visual of Matt Eberflus in that press conference, he it was not like the most emphatic yes at the end of that where he's like, if he's healthy will he play? It was not yes with a nice fist pump afterwards. It was it, uh, yeah, it was kind of a sheepish no eye contact nod. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I'll say this real quick, Seth, before I get your take on this. the the, the line on this game, it's Minnesota at Chicago, so it's at Soldier Field. The opening line on this game was Minnesota minus one. So it was almost a coin flip. It's Minnesota minus five and a half now. So the betting market does not expect – either the betting market thinks that the Vikings were way undervalued in a game against Justin Fields or they think Justin Fields is not going to play in this game because four and a half points is a monster, monster move two days into the week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that – Boy, if you're if you're the Bears and you're trying to game it at all, like obviously, I tried to make a case yesterday that the Bears would actually have a, a, a better and easier time uh, trading back from number two overall because if the Texans traded, if the Texans took a quarterback, then you go from a scenario where there are two quarterbacks available to only one of the top two quarterbacks available, uh, creating a scarcity, and then it would create some. I tried to work. I, I worked it as hard as I could, Sean, uh, but it it still makes sense that they would have uh, the most value, obviously, if they had the number one overall pick. And they might end up deciding to take Will Anderson or somebody else instead. But there would be – this is a year where it seems like, as of right now – it seems like people think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are worth taking with the number one or number two overall pick. It's not like that every single year. And that's like every time the Texans have a number one overall pick. That's how it's worked out, that there really weren't like slam dunk, okay, we like these guys as a number one or number two overall, overall pick. Um, this year, it's it's possible that the Bears, yeah, the Bears might really want that number one overall pick because it puts them in a really nice position to either take who they want or to trade back and gives them all kinds of options. Okay. So I, I would imagine that they're they're very tempted to sit Justin Fields. Yeah, I think so too. I, and, and it's an easy thing to do. He's been banged up. You can do it without the optics looking like you're tanking and the whole thing. Let me throw a crazy yeah. thing at you here because I've I've been tweeting a lot about the draft. I've not been paying attention to my mentions of my tweets, but I've been tweeting a lot about it. One thing that I have seen, though, a couple people yesterday asking this about, okay, if the Texans get the second pick, that's all right because the Bears aren't taking a quarterback. And we've made it clear to those people, yeah, but they can trade out of there to somebody who would take a quarterback. But yeah. had a few people ask the follow-up question, are we sure the Bears aren't taking a quarterback? I mean, Justin Fields right. isn't Trevor Lawrence or anything like that. No, and I, and I think, you know, most people that you know know and watch quarterbacks closely feel like Justin Fields right now is a guy who, like we've seen with other young quarterbacks, has has used his legs really effectively, but doesn't look like a guy who's taken that next step into being an NFL passer. They, they've 
they've really turned this into an offense that suits his uh, his mobility, but not necessarily done a lot of NFL passing style things. So it's certainly possible that they're not sold on him. Um, I just I think though there have all there have been guys that you know Russell Wilson is a guy that his rookie year when they won a Super Bowl. Um, wasn't an NFL passer yet at all. And then he made those strides over the next few years to become that guy. I don't know if there's anything that Justin Fields has done so far that would say, like, oh, yeah, but he can't be an NFL passer. Right. You know, he's got great arm talent. Um, and, you know, and he has his college career, obviously. So I think they're going to they're gonna give it at least another year with him. Yeah, this, this version of Justin Fields is yeah. – I don't think it's what the Bears thought they were getting when they drafted. I mean, I – it's been fun to watch, and I think they've kind of stumbled into it. We all knew he was a mobile quarterback, but they're damn near using him like he's Lamar Jackson or something like that. Well, I don't know, I, and I think that, I guess to the Bears' credit, what you see is teams are trying to teach a guy to play the right way, and it slows them down at first. You know, and it's like any other skill that you're learning. If you try to learn it the right way at first, you're going to go slower. It's going to be messier. Learning how to type is the – back when kids used to take typing classes, now I think they just come out of the womb knowing how to type because they're on keyboards forever. Yep. But, you know, it's like when you're taking a typing class, Sean, and your buddies are, like, looking at the – your buddies are looking at the keyboard and they're flying through and they're typing, like, 20 words a minute when you're, like, just trying to do it the right way and you can't <laughs> yes. type at all. And then you go to the end of the semester – and you you might be typing 40 or 50 words a minute, but your buddies that are still, like, looking at the keyboard are, are doing 20 or 30 words a minute. That's what learning quarterback is like in some degrees. It's like if you want to do it the right way, you, it's going to be slower going in the beginning. And I think that's what they were trying to do with Justin Fields. But at some point they realized, like, all right, well, we got we got to have some success along the way too. Yep. Um Tom Brady, this is a text message to the trailer wheel and frame text page, 7703. Tom Brady calls them tutties. Touchdowns. Tom Brady calls them tutties, Seth. Just FYI. Greatest of Why all time. Why does he do that? Well, uh, you know who else calls them tutties, according is to the text? Is it a Boston thing? I, maybe, because this particular person I'm about to say next went to school in Rhode Island, which is near Boston. John Harris, according to the text page. Oh, says, it's definitely a New England thing. Says then. tutty all the time. <laughs> You know what they do? Because they call it. You know what they call a water fountain in bub, like a drinking fountain. What? A bubbler. Really? A bubbler. Yeah, I'm gonna go get it. A bubbler. They're trying to say bubbler, as they're trying to say drinking fountain. Is it bubbler? You get a drink out of the bubbler. I've never yeah. heard that before. Oh, I know. Yeah, it never caught on because it's stupid. But I was pretty close so it, to that part of the country. I, it makes sense because yeah. it would have been like the the bubbler would be like. Um, you know, like an office water cooler, because sure. it bubbles up. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But the kids I knew would talk about it like a drinking fountain uh, is a bubbler too. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a bubbler, huh? Hey, hey, that, hey, 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 kid, get away! Stop putting your lips on the bubbler. The pu- they also do things like they pronounce Worcestershire. They pronounce it Worcester. Worcester, right? because they yeah. can't. There's a whole. They have a hard time with the elocution in it's that a region. Blue collar so town, they just, man. Yeah, they just they, they just excise syllables. 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 Um, what do what do what? They do, add R's too. They uh, they're like like the English will do. They do. They do. They're trying to put on airs and act like they're a little bit English. They delete you know? R's that are there. They add R's that aren't there. It's uh, it's very frustrating. You're right. 
Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Wednesday. Um, what do Texan fans want? Now that we know that they're going to be picking in the top two, there's a few scenarios here. Which scenario? I put up a poll, and it got the most traction of any poll that I've done in the last month or two. What do Texan fans want to do, want Nick Casario to do, now that they've clinched one of the top two picks? I'll tell you the results next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 